From the Multiply family of churches, we are Behind Open Doors, a podcast designed to take you behind the scenes, discovering what it takes to multiply disciples, leaders, and new churches. We are located in the U.S., the Hampton Roads region of Virginia. Visit us at multiplythechurch.com. My name is Aaron Denenny, Executive Director of the Fam- Multiply Family of Churches, and I'm joined by my co-laborer, fellow pastor, one who's like a brother to me, Caleb Denenny, who is the lead pastor of one of our churches in our family called Little Creek Church. What's up, Caleb? Hey, hey. Welcome back to the Bod Pod. Yes, glad to be here. It's been a while, but we're uh, definitely glad you've returned. And uh, of course, Susan Murphy is with us today. Once again, we got two in a row for, uh, I think we can now call you a regular guest um, and maybe even like getting to the point of guest host on the Bod Pod, Susan. Oh, exciting. Mm, yes. I'm happy to be here. Indeed, indeed. And uh, man, it is, uh, it's good to have you guys in today. You know, we, um, we've really set out this season here at Behind Open Doors to, to zero in on helping to multiply you, the listener, your disciple-making efforts um, in a manner of sitting back with a cup of coffee or tea of your choosing, whichever one you like, and inviting you into a conversation about things that matter. So in that, we ultimately want to multiply the heart of God um, because we believe that's what truly matters in the Christian life. And so um, we're going to talk about what matters today, as it were. And um, before we get into that, though, uh, just a little bit more of a further intro here. Um, you know, Susan, you've been on a couple times now, a few times now, and um, I think that uh, people don't fully uh, maybe don't fully understand like your connection necessarily to multiply because for some of our folks they've maybe never even seen you before uh, in our churches or whatever. Um, but but Susan, you played a big role in in helping get um, a, a lot of family ministry things moving and uh, and codified and uh, being able to be multiplied uh, at our church at OV when you were were here um, in the flesh and uh, present uh, several years ago. Um, and then Susan uh, moved up to Maryland as her husband is in the Navy and took some took a role up in D.C. and uh, and so just uh, kind of. Paint a picture of what you're doing now for Multiply and uh, what that looks like for you, Susan. Well, I serve as the director of communication for Multiply, the whole deal. Um, try and work with each family of uh, each component of our family of churches as they need me uh, or need my help. I do a lot of proofreading, a lot of editing, a lot of content creation, and um, Fortunately, thankfully, um, in there for a lot of the brainstorming and um, thinking through a lot of the people things that we do and what those should look like. Um, I've done a lot of counseling um, for our members and family. um, And I think that's it. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think um, in all of that, the reason that you're on this thing with us is uh, you're one of my favorite conversationalists. Like, we've always had just Aww. really great conversations together. You contribute a lot of thought to uh, um, to the different conversations that we have. And um, and so, yeah, I'm excited to, to have you, uh, your voice into this uh, again today. Me too. Thanks. Caleb, um, your claim to fame on the Bod Pod is what? 
because I know you're going to get it out there at some point. So <laughs> I was not going to say anything, but if you're asking, I'm going to uh, ask. All Go right. Ahead. Well, then um, I believe that uh, we have the highest ratings when I'm on the bod pod. <laughs> it's no accident. Yeah. Is that true? <laughs> Really, all it is is I just sit there and watch it over and or listen right. to it over. Listen to and yourself. Over. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> I've never actually listened to it. Yeah, uh, but it was what episode three, I believe. I think so. That we did that was um, the spiritual gifts episode, right? Um, you, me, and John. And for some reason, in, in all seriousness, like it, that thing went crazy. Like it's about Robbie. What is it? Like five times more than all the other. <laughs> Uh, All the other ones, roughly, yeah. yeah about so about five million views uh, or listens. Obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. Right. Definitely. Man, that's a lot of voice, a lot of ears. That's hearing. uh, yeah, that's like ten million ears. That's like it's <laughs> for some people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the, clo- the closest thing I'll ever get to going viral, I think. Right. Yeah. So um, let's see. <laughs> we're, this this is actually why I brought you back on because this is the test. Like we're right. gonna actually see if it's you. Right. That is what does this, and it'll be hilarious if it is. First of all, all I'm gonna do though is everything you ask me today. I'm just gonna go back to spiritual gifts. Right. Just, just like, talk about the same. just talk about the same exact thing. Like, right. I've got a script. Right. That's a good good idea. A good plan. Actually, I have no idea. I forget. Totally, what we talked about. It was that. Yeah, um, yeah. and I, I don't know. That was all kinds of theories go into that. Either way, people liked it. And yeah. um, no, I'm glad you're back on, man. It's yeah. uh, it's always good. good. You're my second favorite conversationalist. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, there's nowhere to go from here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. All right. Well, I think it's uh, a good thing to introduce the topic today. And um, man, I guess it's worth saying as well. Um, if you if you haven't set your notifications for this podcast, do that because it comes out every other Monday. Um, right now, the goal is from now until November, the end of November, to do every other Monday. Um, so set your notifications for that um, because it will it will pop up when you wake up in the morning. You'll be like, oh, sweet, a new Behind Open Doors podcast to listen to. Um, so subscribe, tell your friends to subscribe and, and leave comments and like, like us. Um, if you leave negative comments... Um, yeah, uh, we're not gonna like that. But uh, so positive thoughts, positive vibes only. And uh, but we really, um, <laughs> we really do want to see this content sort of spread out there. Certainly within our region and our our family of churches, uh, but even beyond that. We, you know, I know we've got listeners all over the place, and so um, we welcome you in today um, as we talk about family matters. And um, you know, I was I was. Uh, watching probably sports, live sports of some sort um, in the last uh, couple months. And there's a commercial out there that came out from Progressive um, about listening to your TV dad. And I love that commercial because on that commercial is one Carl Winslow, who was the TV dad in, uh, in the show Family Matters back in the day, back in the, I guess, late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I don't know about you guys, but I loved that show. And I don't know what it was. I don't, I've always had an interest in other cultures. So I think a a black family in Chicago and he was a police officer, which there's some really powerful episodes in there about that. And I remember that affecting my heart Mm -hmm. when I would watch those shows. Um, 
I loved I loved Family Matter, Matters, and it wasn't just about Jaleel White, um, Urkel. <laughs> like it was, it's to me, in all seriousness, that's almost like an afterthought in the show, um, because I loved that family dynamic in the show, and and again, I loved kind of learning how other families lived their lives in different places, and at least you know, as, as real as you can make it on, on TV, uh, family matters guys, where are we at on family matters? I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was wonderful. Um, I, I actually, I want to let Susan comment on it and then I've got a few that I'm going to rattle off to see if we remember those ones because okay. uh, they, there was, I don't know there was a better era of, of television than the nineties sitcom. And so I, I want to just, so true. Yeah. Yeah. That late eighties, early nineties sitcoms. Oh uh, yeah. So Susan, what, what family yeah. matters? What do you think? So fun. It's great. Did you know that it's a spinoff? What? I don't think I knew that. I, I knew I could stump you guys eventually. Yeah. I was young it when was, that show came out. So it was, was a it? spinoff from perfect strangers. Oh, which was another great yes. show. Yes. Yeah. With Balky and, and uh, yes. Cousin and Larry. Larry. <laughs> yes. And so they worked so at a newspaper, right? And the elevator operator is Harriet Winslow. Ah, wow. That is super cool. I did not know that. How about that? Huh. Yeah. So Chicago was like the center centerpiece of uh, American sitcom back in those yeah. days, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, yes. Man. It really was. That's really cool. When I say not to take away from my own love of of family matters, but just to make sure you know that. Yeah. No, so when great. I when I say I, I want everyone, if you're listening, close your eyes. When I say these these four letters, it you're going to be especially if you're in your late thirties, forties, fifties. TGIF. Mm. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Just start yes. rattle, rattling off the sitcoms, and here I got one for you. Step by step. Yes. That was a good one. Oh, that was a good yeah. one. Yeah. That was with the dude from Dallas. Uh, <laughs> I forget his name, but uh, but yeah, that was a that was a good one. That was about a blended family, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Su- which the the different dynamics, you know, Susan Summers. Yeah, Susan Suzanne Summers. Susan and Summers, uh, yeah. Duffy was the other guy's name. Yeah, Paul yep, Duffy yep, or yep. something. Uh, Patrick Duffy. Patrick, Patrick Duffy. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Just the guy from Dallas. The guy from Dallas. Yeah. Um, right. That guy. But uh, but then you know you had uh, Boy Meets World. Mm. Boy Meets World was a good one. Um, Topanga was my girl. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's girl. That was my age back in those days. I guess. I always wanted an older brother like Eric. Yeah. Instead, I got a different one. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> my older brother was more like Corey, actually. <laughs> um, but but yeah, the, any any others? I, actually, Mr. Feeney was my favorite character on the show. Yeah, he's such a wise sage. Yep. Um, yeah, that was I was always maybe that's favorite. why I went to be a teacher was because <laughs> thought someday I'd be him. Yeah, well, you weren't. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> man, I mean, it, well, I don't think it was on TGIF, but of course, you know, Full House was. Mm-hmm. Um, all the rage. That was Sunday night. Days. That was Sunday night with um, uh, America's Funniest Home Videos and all. And you know what's fantastic is how all of these are coming back with like like there's now a Girl Meets World, uh, um, yeah. and it has Corey and Topanga's daughter is the main character. Hmm. Um, and uh, but I, my kids watch these shows by the way, and and they prefer Boy Meets World over Girl Meets World. <laughs> like it's so funny. They prefer Full House over Fuller House. Like yeah. Yeah, you can't top the '90s writing, and the and part of the reason why is because um, there's it hasn't it hadn't lost the wholesome value yet. 
Like right. a lot of that, you know, there was still some wholesome, and you had the strings at the end of every every episode. Like the strings would come in, like as the background music, you know, like of like, oh, good big points happening here. You know, this is the teaching lesson yeah. of the sitcom. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Dinosaurs was another one. <laughs> Stupid show. <laughs> Weird. Anyway. No, all right. Not well, the mama. Yeah. Not the mama. Um, let's uh, let's dive in here to this topic, family matters, because um, you know, <clears throat> I think. Um, you're right. What the those sitcoms did, whether it was Step by Step, um, Full House, Family Matters itself, um, there was a, a a championing of the family yeah. in those days that was healthy and good, even though the family might be messed up, which was kind of what a lot of them presented. Um, and there's a diversity in family too, like yeah. a, a, the types of family. Right. Yeah. I, so I think that um, that. Today, um, things are very different. Um, it, it it almost feels like every single show today has some sort of agenda and then a storyline, you know what I mean, to support that agenda. And it, well, it doesn't have to be agendas we just disagree with. It's just like um, it, it doesn't present sort of that universal, like, um, you know, family-centric kind of thing that was was really important um, in the early days. And, you know, here we are sounding very old at this point to be able to say saying all this stuff. But I think, I think though, there's a lament in this that something is lost or, or something is being lost yeah. um, in, in these days. And so, um, you know, this topic came up just because just last week um, there was a, a pride march in New York um, where – during the march, one of the chants that they were chanting was, "We're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children." Um, and I was just, I was so, um, so struck by that. It's not, it wasn't a surprise, but it was like, okay, we're we're here now. We're here as a as a culture, as a society, and um, I think it's time for Christians to start not just not speaking against this though we should at some level, um, this kind of mentality that the, the bully is coming after my family, right? It's, it's more so about like, um, what is, what is good? What is right? What is true? I mean, what is back to this sort of, uh, wholesome approach to family is kind of what we would say in our culture. But what we would argue as Christians is what is the, what is the biblical yeah. foundation for this? Um, how do we, um, how do we just present something that um, that is that is God's design, and and just present that for what it is, and and allow people to see and maybe long for something that in their heart, deep down, they they actually uh, miss, you know, or um, or wish was uh, in our, you know with people our age back in those days, wish we could kind of get back to that. Um, what we're saying is it's never left. Honestly, it maybe has left the big screen or left the, uh, uh, the Friday nights on TV, but, um, it's, it's something that is important for us as Christians is to see the family as, um, as really, uh, central to God's design for human flourishing. Right. Um, so before we get into some of the sort of the theology and practice of this, any any more thoughts as we sort of frame up the the topic of family family matters today? Well, I don't want you to get in trouble. 
So I'm going to just specify that that was said specifically at a drag queen march that was part of the Pride events right. in New York City. And they were specifically responding. I think they do that cheer like every year, but they were doing it specifically in response to sort of a sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt kind of um, ironic use of words to try and rile up some more people. And so at bottom line, right, words matter. So yeah. let's not throw around words from anyone that we wouldn't want used against us or for us. And that was probably a poor choice um, to, to make everyone see things from a different perspective that it, wasn't really going to get anybody looking at another side. Yeah. And whatever happened um, in the quiet or in the privately in previous years is now public. And I guess that's what I'm saying. Right. Because it's right. now more public and because these things are more explicit, um, we too need to be a little bit more public and explicit with where yep. uh, where we stand. I was going to say a covert agenda for the last 40 years has become overt right. in the last two or three years. Right. Like really. And so that's what we're that's what we're saying is like we need to address this and not address this as I think a lot of Christians address it as what is wrong. We want to address this from what is right mm-hmm. biblically. Yes. I like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So um let me do this then. Let me just sort of uh do a little journey through um Old Testament into new about God's uh, God's design for the family, and uh, have you guys kind of comment in here and there as as needed, but uh, sort of lay some biblical foundations here, and then uh, and then get into some more of the practical discussion here in a second. Um, but I, if you look back into the Old Testament and uh, the the Pentateuch, the Torah, back in the uh, uh, early days of Genesis, um, man, God has always been gathering a people to himself, um, and specifically since the call of Abraham in Genesis 12. And so Genesis 12, God calls Abraham and says, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation, right? And, uh, and the nations will come and, and be uh, amazed uh, by this people that I am gathering to myself. And then he, he, he establishes covenant with him in, uh, in Genesis 17. And then um, continuing on, what is God doing? But he's, he's creating a family. And he's creating a family from a particular family, and that is the line and and uh, the line of Abraham, who is the the father of the the Jews, the father of the Hebrews. Even to this day, they look back to Abraham as their father, and so did the Muslims, by the way, um, who is Ishmael's uh, Ishmael's descendants. But um, so so God has always been gathering a people to himself, I would argue a family to himself, and ultimately was named Israel after, uh, after his um, grandson, Jacob. Uh, so Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Uh, Jacob has 12 sons who represent the 12 tribes of Israel, and uh, Israel. Jacob's name was changed to Israel ultimately, and that's where that came from. And so now the line of, of Israel it comes from these 12 tribes, and one of those tribes was, was, going, to be, was going to have something special. Um, was going to have a descendant that was promised that was special, and um, we see that reiterated uh, or iterated throughout the Old Testament, and uh, comes to life in a guy named David, um, who we are very familiar with. I think King David, who comes from the line of Judah, and um, and there's some beautiful uh, books in you know, especially Ruth, who 
shows how the the line of Judah was maintained, um, and then ultimately David comes from this line of Judah, and uh, man, it's just a beautiful picture of God, God's providence and His sovereignty over His plan. So David comes along, becomes the great king of Israel, and even in David, we're promised that there is a better king to come. There is a descendant who will rule on the throne of David forever, and um, this this Second uh, Samuel seven. Um, reinstitution of a covenant with David uh, is pointing towards a promised one, and it's not going to be his son Solomon, who did rule on the throne and was the wealthiest and wisest king who ever lived. Um, but there was going to be a better king because ultimately David messed up, Solomon messed up, and we see throughout the prophets that all of the prophets are calling Israel back to the Lord. Come back to the Lord. Remember the Lord. Remember the covenant that God has made with you because he is a good and faithful God. And so um, throughout all the prophets, we have this, this, hey, come, don't forget your family. Don't forget the God of your family and who, who has established you. And, um, and there is one who is coming who is going to establish this family forever. Um, and we get into the New Testament. We get into especially uh, Matthew and, and Luke do a great job of just painting a picture of Matthew. In Matthew's case, just the Jesus coming as the fulfillment of all of this prophecy and all of the um, uh, all of the the hope that was going to be set on Messiah has now come in the this baby this Christ child uh, born of a virgin Mary and uh, and then Christ comes and he he lives this perfect life that we were designed to live um, and it comes from the Father as the Son of God in human flesh, 100% God, 100% man that we learn later on, and uh, we understand him to be ultimately the Savior of the world, but first the Savior of Israel, right? And um, and ultimately the, the, the one who would bring back to the Father and, and redeem for the Father the family that was to be redeemed. And so, uh, and, and we'll talk here in a little bit about what now Christ has established in, in His church by sending His Spirit and really creating this, this new family um, of, of people that are no longer um, uh, genetic Israel, as it were, and then those who were kind of adopted into that family. But now it's a new kind of adoption. Um, people from the nations, called in the scriptures, they call them the Gentiles, right? People like us, most of us that are probably listening to this, uh, from the nations, people outside of um, of genetic Israel are now a part of this new family once they believe in Christ. Uh, Romans 11 says that we are grafted into this family, which is just a beautiful picture of, well, I think Romans 11 talks about this, uh, this, this olive tree that has a wild shoot that is now grafted in to this beautiful rooted olive tree that is Israel itself. Uh, but now it's a new Israel because of Christ. Um, Christ is the new Israel bringing in and ushering in a new family. First Peter 2, that once you were not a people, now you're my people. Yeah. Like that's a- once you were far off, now you were brought near and all the Yes, exactly. And so that's just a beautiful uh, kind of overview of God establishing his family and then expanding his family um, by inviting us in. That is the gospel, by the way, that, um, that, that, that God created 
that we ran away and that Jesus came to redeem all that um, that God had set out to redeem and uh, included in that are a people, um, a remnant, a people that are brought close to him now because of faith in Christ, and then that he will uh, restore and renew all things once and for all. So that's about a five-minute sort of overview of uh, the biblical theology of family, there's probably a whole lot more to it than that. Um, but really, that's what the foundation is, that God has been calling a family to himself. So any pieces of that that you want to uh, speak into just from the biblical perspective, guys? Kaylin, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, no, just uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing that our God has not just said, go figure this out on your own, but he's given us example after example in the Bible of what biblical family looks like and what it ought to look like. And it doesn't matter the context or the culture that you're in or the time frame of human history that you're in, that doesn't change. You yeah. know, there's just beauty in that. And, yeah. and so how it plays out can be different today than it was, you know, in years past or in generations past or in, you know, in <laughs> centuries past, but th- I think the the biblical foundations stay the same, mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah, so. yeah. Some of those are surprising, right? Some of the women's stories and all of this lineage of Christ. Yeah, we couldn't have written them if we tried, but God wrote them already, and we get to read them and learn them and know that the story doesn't always look like the perfect version of what you would think it should or doesn't always look like what you think is going to work out in a certain way but god has made it uh the way that it is and that's beautiful yeah yeah amen so when you're when if you're listening to this today and um and you're like man i've i've already i've already had my family like i've you know i'm i'm in kind of years past now uh, thinking about family or maybe you're you're younger single don't yet have family. Um, glad you are also a part of our listening audience today, but wherever you are in, in life right now, um, I want you to be thinking about how these kind of uh, principles, and we're going to get into some practices here in a second, um, can really transfer into your own life, particularly of, of if you're younger, single, and looking towards family, thinking about what this looks like for me in the future. And then if you're uh, older, kind of been through this, maybe it's uh, some of the uh, correctives that could be that you could help with with younger people who are going through um, some of these uh, uh, struggles as young family in a very secular culture now today and um, reminding them encouraging them in the gospel to be wise and um, and Christ-centered in their approach to their family even if you didn't do that it doesn't mean that uh, you are disqualified from speaking that into people um, you're allowed to acknowledge your mistakes and recognize the grace of God in that mm-hmm. um, so I think that's important just to, to note here as we get into practice practices, um, each of us come from sort of different approaches, but yet very similar because we came from from Christian households. Um, so uh, just for a second here, let's just kind of talk about that for a moment, like a quick synopsis of sort of your family background, your upbringing, and, uh, and how that has, uh, uh, how that informs your, um, your, your view on family today. Yeah, so um, I'm an only child. I'm adopted, and I was raised in Maryland by two um, 
working class folks who grew up in inner city Baltimore. And um, when they got me, moved out to kind of the country. I was raised in the United Methodist Church and um, got confirmed, all that jazz. And um, went off to do my own thing. Went to the Naval Academy, graduated, became an officer in the Navy. Um, met my husband, Patrick, in the Navy. And uh, we now have, we've, well, November, we've, we will have been married for 20 years. Yeah. And we Amen. have two, two kids. Um, they're 15 and 14. And there's, those are not their names. <laughs> and um, they're, uh, yeah, they're a focal point of what we're trying to do because we're increasingly aware of the fact that we only have several years, mm -hmm. really, of them being in our household until it's time to kind of launch them into yeah. the world as a, a version of um, yeah, who we are in our family, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's good. It's scary but wonderful at the same time. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Caleb? Um, well, I was I'm the second born of five in my family, um, and. I was born into uh, a believing household who um, consistently had us involved in church, uh, but also involved in our community. Um, and uh, leadership was held as a as a high standard, if you will, in our family. Um, it was, and it's something that has has come with us and come with me, especially into adulthood. And um, yeah, and I went to college. I was b raised in Pennsylvania. Uh, I went to college down here in Virginia and stayed and um, met my wife while I was in college. And we got married while I was still in college, uh, before my senior year. And so we have been married for 17 years as of a few weeks ago. And we have almost five children. Um, <laughs> we're about to welcome our fifth baby girl into the world at the end of July and uh, beginning of August, mm -hmm. whenever she decides to come. Um, but we are, yeah, we're, we have a, uh, a pretty strong feeling that um, our kids are not our own. Um, they are a gift from the Lord, and they are, we are to be good stewards of that gift. And that means that we want to spend good quality time with them, um, but also just instilling the best Christian values that we can into our children so that they have a framework and how to, uh, how to live. In fact, as we're doing this podcast, I'm texting my, my daughter who is at a sleepover and she's asking questions about different dynamics and how to deal with things. And, and I'm helping her through it. And it's just kind of, we are very, we're involved parents. We are not, the, the helo has been landed. We are not helicopter parents, but uh, we like to, to help our kids and, um, but then also help them think, you know, that's the big thing yeah. is helping them be decision makers and, uh, and be leaders in their own right. And uh, so, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so, Aaron, how about you? <laughs> I uh, I come from a similar family as you. Kevin. Oh, interesting. Um, you actually, guys. actually, the same <laughs> family. Uh, for those of you listening, may not know, um, Caleb and I are brothers, um, actual brothers. And I like to tell uh, people my whole life, 
we've been brothers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Not yours, but my whole life. <laughs> right. Right. That's true. Oh, interesting. I don't remember the years that I was not your brother, but uh, <laughs> I uh, coming from the same background. So I think for me, um, you know, we were talking before this, before we started recording, and I think it's important to note that when it comes to our family philosophy, we may, you and I especially, have, may have been raised in the same household, but we married very different people, mm-hmm. and so uh, that informs now how we view family because we've now integrated with with ladies who grew up very differently than us, yeah. um, especially my wife, uh, who grew up in a, a non-religious home. Uh, and uh, some difficult circumstances uh, in her life growing up, which, you know, not that we don't all have difficult circumstances, but that she's had to work through and navigate through that inform how we do family today. And uh, some of the things, uh, you know, I kind of uh, shrug my shoulders or roll my eyes at, um, but it's it's important to her, and I'm going to support that. You know, that's, uh, that's a big deal. Um, as, and it's a lot of how we deal with our kids that is... Um, maybe not different, but it's definitely coming from different places, uh, to try to get to a good solid, um, you know, uh, biblical response or decision or whatever the case may be. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I think that, um, sort of the, the philosophy of, of family, uh, for me is sort of, is definitely anchored in, in scripture, you know, the, uh, uh, the Ephesians five approach to husband and wives, um, and children and parents, um, where, you know, uh, it's important to understand there's a mutual submission going on here. So, um, a lot of people in Ephesians five like to point to, um, five 22 that says wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And, um, in that kind of patriarchal way, we sort of, you know, with our mustaches in hand, looking down at our family, you know, and that's not what that means at all. Um, cause Ephesians, or, yeah, Ephesians 5 21, uh, talks about, uh, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so there's a mutual submission going on within the church, but there's a mutual submission going on within the home as well. Um, and so my dynamic with my wife is, is, uh, very, uh, very much like, uh, you know, she's, I'm like the chairman of the board and she's like the CEO, <laughs> you know, like it's kind of how we operate where she does a lot of the family stuff, like most of it. And, um, and I'm there to, to help and support, um, in that regard and, uh, and, and add, add leadership to the home. Um, but, but, you know, maybe I'm a non-traditional Christian, leader or Christian guy in the home, but that's, that's how the dynamic works for us. So it's, uh, um, it's, it's helpful though, because, uh, we come at it from, uh, again, two different, um, uh, backgrounds. And so, um, so it's good to, to be humbly serving one another, just laying down one's desires for the other. Like that is, that's how we approach it. Um, and so, so there's a lot of sacrifice, um, that happens when, you know, I don't necessarily agree with what she wants to do, but we will agree to disagree, and and we're we're okay moving forward. You know. So where are you at on strawberry picking? <laughs> <laughs> strawberry picking is that is that a is that what we do because Katie wants to, or is that a no? We love to do like you love getting on your hands and knees and picking out berries. Um, that's a negative ghost rider. Okay. Um, however, 
I love that she loves it. Yes. Right? Yes. And I love that she loves watching our kids do this tradition on Mother's Day where we go and pick strawberries. Do you want to hear a funny story? I I thought, because, again, you, you are a little a little older and you have been married a little longer um that and and then also with our own with our own mother uh she enjoyed doing that same thing and i thought that it would be a good idea so i took my wife to go strawberry picking and she thought i was the craziest person ever because strawberry picking for her meant having to jar it can it jam it and do all the things that she had to do growing up yeah and so she hates the idea of strawberry picking <laughs> on mother's day and yeah. i was like oh noted okay we will not be going strawberry picking for fun it will only be for farming purposes <laughs> yeah for sustenance purposes yeah yeah, yeah. and enjoyment yeah. yeah that's good so <laughs> i yeah so we sacrifice for one another right and um and we we try to uh uh, to to lead and and support our families in whatever way that that we can, um, you know. And uh, coming from a ministry perspective, uh, you know, we we sacrifice for our families. We sacrifice for our church, and the balance of that uh, can be difficult. Um, and uh, you guys can speak to this as well. But like I, uh, you have a different type of sacrifice for your family in in the military. You could talk about that mm-hmm. uh, in a second, Susan. But um, just the idea that uh, I have to help my family understand that there are going to be busy seasons. There are going to be times when I am going to have to be away in an evening or what, or different meetings that are going on, different things that are happening. I have to help them understand that. Uh, and even the why behind that for my, uh, let me roll down the line here, 16, 14, 10, almost eight and five. Um, well, almost 16, I should say. And those are my, um, my five kids and, uh, just trying to help them understand their different levels, what I got to do tonight. You know, I don't, I just had a meeting last night. I don't like evening meetings, but I had to do one. So I had to help them understand this is what I want to do tonight. Right. Um, but on the other side, I did that way too much early in ministry and got to a place of, of burnout, a place where my, uh, you know, I was afraid of my family would start to really, um, you know, catch wind of this, like this work thing being, uh, all that I was about. And so I've had to swing that pendulum kind of post 2020, which was not about the pandemic, more about my sabbatical that happened where I'm like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to sacrifice my family on that altar anymore. And, uh, I think it's, um, it's important to help them understand that. So uh, you guys have some differing perspectives here uh, on family life and work life and that dynamic. Uh, What's that look like for you, Susan? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of our listeners and I I definitely hear you say you have to go through the explanation of why you're not going to be at home one evening. And I think, well, one evening. Okay. That's, you know, that's definitely coming from somewhere for you, but for us, yeah, we have those. We're a military family. We have to sit down and have those conversations of where dad is going to be for us. It's dad for six months to longer. And um, what that looks like to sort of shift dynamics um, or when you're used to being, you're happily married, married and co-parenting your kids or you can co-parent them other ways. But then all of a sudden one of the people leaves geographically leaves the situation in your face to be, you know, the on-site sort of single parent. Um, And that's a big shift to make as well. 
Yeah, um, I think a lot of, a lot of folks that are in our context um, have that experience with with military yeah. life, right? So, um, yes. speak to that very specifically for what's coming up for you, Susan. Mm. Yeah. So, um, my husband's been in active duty for 24 years, and we have moved with him every time from anywhere from six months uh, up in Newport, Rhode Island, to the last four years up here in Maryland and four years before that in Norfolk, which were great because they were longer stints together. Um, and he is staying in for the foreseeable future, God willing. And um, our uh, the jobs that were presented to us recently uh, last year were, um, it, it was abundantly clear that we were going to Bahrain. And we made all of the, conversations with our kids, with my parents, with his family, to say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and move for two years to Bahrain together. And that is coming up. And over the last year, after we've sort of told people and knew that that was our plan, uh, my parents' health has declined significantly. And we live next door to them here in Maryland. Uh, which has been wonderful. It's been through the pandemic and, and other health challenges over the last four years. And so two weeks ago, my husband uh, said to me, looking at me in the kitchen and said, I don't see how you move. And I was like, okay, yep. I'm glad that we uh, cool. we might finally have like the same kind of, we might be on the same track here, a tra- train of thought. Wow. And um he had actually had, unbeknownst to me, he had had a conversation with my mother that he already told her he didn't think that the kids and I were going to move, then he was going to go to Bahrain and that it was all going to be okay because we were going to be here with them. And so we just went on vacation last week. We sat down with the kids. He brought it up to them and said, look, this is what we're thinking of doing. Um, this is not about you looking at the kids, right? They, they found things here that they love and those things really don't exist in the same capacity in Bahrain at the schools there. No fault of anyone's, just it's a fact. Um, But this is about our family. This is about mom's parents. This is about taking care of each other. This is about, uh, you know, some roles reversing and we didn't know like when this was going to happen or how it was going to happen. But as an only child of, her adult parents, this is the time that we need to kind of be digging into making sure that they have the care and the closeness of family and um, someone to kind of help run things because they're not really able to do that as much anymore that they need. And I'm very thankful that my husband said, I think this is how this needs to go. How do you feel about it? And so he is going to go to Bahrain for two years and we are going to stay here in Maryland. There is going to be some moving um, of houses, but um, I'm very thankful that he took, that he took all the information that he had and didn't put it back on me to say, I'm not sure about this. I, and I, I, we have the relationship where I could have certainly gone to him and said, I, I don't know. But I've always been fully committed to what he is doing in the military and what that path that God has for us as a military family together. And so I just, I, I thought that was what we were doing. Yeah. Um, so how do so. we, how do we, I say we just 
sort of uh, as a community of faith, right? How do how do we balance or navigate that? If I could play the, sort of the other side of this for a second, Susan, um, how how can you say that you champion your family, that you're about your family, uh, and then your husband goes away for two years? How do you get? How are you? How can you make an argument that uh, <laughs> that this is healthy for your family if you're not even going to be together? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it's because it's a decision that we made together. Um, it's because we have been through so much as a couple, as a family already, that Patrick and I know how strong we are, that we can do this. Um, that God is at the forefront of it, that we are... Um, walking the path that he's eliminating sometimes one little step at a time. And that that's what this looks like right now. Um, there's going to be a lot of communication. Yes. We'll spend some money to travel back and forth. Um, but that's, that's what it's going to be. It's not going to look like we thought it would look like, but it's also not going to look like us just pretending that we're like, you know, in two totally separate places for two years, we're going to yeah. go over there. We had to sit down and say to my parents, you know, that means it doesn't, we're not going to sit here on Christmas Day with you. Probably, we're going to be in Bahrain right. or yeah. uh, things like that. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I asked that question too because I, I fully, by the way, fully support you guys, and I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. that this decision is being made because I think it's <laughs> important for um, you to be with your parents during this time as they are in their older age. Um, what's I think what's interesting in this is that I think culture and just the, the way things are in our world um, sort of um, inform some of how we do these things as well. And what I mean by that is it's okay to have a biblical worldview on your family um, and then take close to two years apart from one another and still be um, a, a close family. Uh I think our resistance towards something like that, a decision like that, is not necessarily a biblical resistance as much as it is a cultural resistance. Mm -hmm. How could you possibly sure. be a family and not be together, right? Um, well, for centuries and generations, um, this has been going on. I mean, you know, guys have been, if you will, going away to war, Um Forever, right? And yes. so, like, uh, he's, or, he's, or to hunt and gather, or, or to, right, exactly, or to go work, or yeah, yeah just something it, that was yes. normal. That yeah. was actually more normal for families back in right uh, in in other days before this, and I just mean before modern times, really. Uh, yeah. um, so, I, I think what I'm getting at is let's not let our our cultural worldview um, overstep our biblical worldview that we could still be a strong family. And I would say even more so today, like he's not going to be on a ship, right? So right. he has the ability, you know, if every night, if you wanted to, you could actually see him face to face on a video screen, which is absolutely crazy today, but that really, um, supports or helps you guys continue to remain close during the time in a way that you never could before. You know, um, mm -hmm. I think that's important. Yeah. I, I, so another thing too is um, <laughs> this comes this this is it's biblical, but it's also just just in in wisdom, and that is that um, in order to make these decisions for your family, like decision making in general for your family, is 
it, it's about self-awareness too. Like, like my, my wife is very self-aware of she, she's, you know, has said, you know, she didn't have to make this decision, but she said, I could not have been a military spouse because that's not the way I'm wired, you know, but other spouses are like, they're okay. They're, they're okay with the, the time apart. And, you know, my wife has, has said, I, I struggle with it. I, I could not, I could not have done it, but there, there's a self-awareness there of like, okay, know that about yourself right? and be yes. able to make decisions based on who you are, you know, but you have to be able to know that about yourself and not pretend like you're somebody that you're not. Yeah. We're not talking about something that's right or wrong here. No, right? we're talking about something that's, that's good and wise for your family, for your family, and, you know, and then, and then being able to not let outside opinions that are unwarranted or unasked for inform your decision-making as a family, you know, yes. like that, those are, those are key elements. Cause you might have military families within your community saying, this is stupid. Don't do it. And be like, well, you don't know our family, you know? So like, uh-huh. I, I, I really, quite frankly, I don't care what you say about, cause I know, cause Pat and I know what is best for our family, you know? And that's an easy way of, of just, uh, it's a good filter, if you will, is like, but you got to have that self-awareness and that rootedness in who you are in Christ and who you are as a couple and who you are just as, as human beings to be able to make decisions based on that. Well, this is such a great discussion. I think a very helpful one, but we're going to go ahead and pause right here now because uh, we're running on a time crunch. We're trying to keep these episodes a little shorter than they have been in the past. So uh, we're going to make this a part one and part two of Family Matters. So we want you to please uh, stick around and listen to the second episode when it comes out. And uh, we are so thankful that you are listening with us today. You've been listening to the Behind Open Doors podcast, where we take you behind the scenes, discovering what it takes to multiply disciples, leaders, and new churches. Let the word dwell richly in you, and may God multiply your efforts for the kingdom.